You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm excited to, to find out what questions you have for me so I can potentially help you on your journey. What do you, what do you uh, need some help with today? So it's kind of a multifaceted question. Um, so it's mostly about my GPA because I've kind of just been a little bit concerned about it recently. Mm -hmm. So I started college and I had a 2.8 that first semester because I got a D in general chemistry. Um, the next semester I changed my major, which I was a lot happier in. Um, and I retook the chem class and I ended up with a three, seven. Okay. So after that, my entire sophomore year, I had a three, five, and then I actually had a three, eight, um, okay. when COVID hit. Okay. And then last year I kind of took a little bit of a hit, um, but it stayed constant. Thank God. Um, I was at like a 3.48 both semesters, okay. but last spring I was like on track to probably get like less than a three Oh, but I really banged it out, which is really good. Um, so I'm just a little bit concerned with like the kind of up and down. Yep. Um, and oh, and last summer I did end up getting a 4.0 with three classes that I took online. So, okay. um, I was just wondering, how to go about that. Cause I was thinking about maybe doing like a DIY post bag, taking a couple classes somewhere, not like a structured one at all, but yeah. how many more credits or years do you have left before graduating and applying? Um, so I'm graduating next summer. Um, okay. and I will be applying next cycle. So graduating next summer, applying basically right before um, graduation. Are are you taking summer uh, semester classes as part of your? Yeah, your yeah. Course? I have okay. a a six credit course that like my major requires us to get like two hundred seventy hours worth of okay. whatever related to your to your field. That's a lot of hours. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a six credits mm. during the summer that. Mm-hmm aren't going to be on your application potentially depending on when you submit your application but those uh spring grades before summer those will be in and finalized and part of your gpa yes so as we're talking right now it is end of october 2021 (laughs) little timestamp here uh you have the rest of your fall grades this semester Mm -hmm. you have your spring grades next semester and then one six credit course. You have mm-hmm. 4.0 from the summer here before this fall semester. And that was how many credits? Nine, uh, three times three, nine. Nine. Okay. So, so nine credits there. How many credits are you taking now? 17. Okay. So 26. How many credits next fall? Do you know? Uh, or spring, rather? Spring, um, yeah. 12. Okay. Um, so 30, I, I forget what we, what our math was before. So 26 and 12. So, so 38, right? Yeah. Uh, 38 credits that potentially 4.0 ish or as close, uh, as close to a 4.0 as possible. That's what I'm aiming for at least next semester. This semester I have had a little bit of a mental health hit. Um, okay. But I'm actively trying to like go get help with that and stuff. So 
Um, that kind of caused a little, a little dip in the beginning of the semester that I'm still trying to get back up. Yeah. And so that's the, uh, a perfect example of the medical schools aren't going to know which student they're getting when they look at your GPA, right? Because even with the nine credits of a 4.0 this past summer, your semester now, at least in the middle of it, is up and down. We don't know where it's going to end up. Next semester, again, we don't know what mental health will look like, just taking care of yourself, what that will look like. Life always has a way of throwing wrenches into things. Yeah. And so you're the perfect student where you look at the your GPA trends and the, the medical school's like, am I getting you or am I getting you? Am I getting you? Am I getting you? I don't know which one I'm getting. And so a do-it-yourself postback may be the right thing to do. And, and you don't even need to do a postback. You just potentially delay your graduation and just take more classes. Now, maybe a different setting will help you have more of a stable academic life so that you can get more, more kind of uh, consistent grades. Maybe that's something to think about, like finish out your career where you're at now and get, again, as close to a 4.0 as possible to get those trends up. But then maybe you go, you know what? I had I had my time here. It was great, but I'm going to go somewhere else where maybe my mind is a little bit more at peace. Uh, financially, whatever, I'm a little bit more stable, whatever your specific life situation is. And you can go and focus on grades closer to 100% of the time, whereas right now it seems like you can't. Yeah. So... In terms of like the post back, I definitely wasn't thinking of like one of those structured ones where mm-hmm. you have to like apply to it and stuff. Um, I was really more going towards like, cause I have a bunch, there's like two universities by me that are like public. Mm-hmm. I could easily pay like a quarter of what I pay for one credit here. Yeah. Um, cause I'm out of state. And um, so I was thinking of taking maybe like a couple of higher level science courses, yep. maybe in the fall or the spring while I'm waiting for some results. Yep. Um, some results for what? For the application cycle. So perfect transition. And this was the same conversation I had with <laughs> the last Ask Dr. Gray guest is I would recommend, you don't have to listen to me, it's okay. I would recommend not applying to medical school if you're also working on grades. What In my mind, what's the point of applying to medical school with a half-baked application saying, I know my grades aren't very good. I'm working on it. Trust me, they'll be better. Medical schools don't have time for that. And so I recommend wholeheartedly to apply to medical school when you've already done the work to show a good track record of academic ability. Don't rely on the ability to send in updates and and medical schools actually caring about those updates and and using those in their uh, admissions decisions. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Um, So you think I should just finish out college and whatever, like normal four years thing. And then, um, just go into like full on courses, um, along with clinical work. Cause I, I'm an EMT too. So I do that okay. at home. Um, so that's all of my clinical hours. Okay. Um, so just not apply this coming year, still take the MCAT though. Right. 
Why? If, if you're not going to be applying, then you don't really need to rush the MCAT and because that's just another distraction uh, from your ultimate goal right now of showing academic capability with your grades. That should be your number one focus is good grades. Everything else is a, dis is a distraction. Yes, you need clinical. Yes, blah, blah, blah. Right. But the MCAT doesn't have to be taken now. You can take it later. So it's not something you should necessarily rush into, knowing that your grades come first in your specific situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you suggest maybe doing one of the structured postbacks that has like maybe like research and stuff or it doesn't really matter? It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Um, do you do you have any experience with like students? I don't know, like what kind of classes to take or it really doesn't matter as long as it's just science-based. Yeah, science is a thousand percent what you want to be doing and then just upper division stuff, stuff that you haven't taken. It doesn't do a lot of good to just go and repeat courses um, because that, that sh again, shows less academic ability because you're just repeating content you hopefully already know. And so trying to go take like medical genetics or... Upper, upper division like cell bio, just random stuff that maybe you haven't had the opportunity to take because it wasn't part of your major or whatever, um, going and finding those types of courses. Okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, that's a lot. It's definitely a lot, but I definitely was worried about like my GPA and stuff because mm -hmm. I was kind of thinking about it like the past week before I had this and I was like, it looks like a roller coaster, that yeah. GPA trend. So yeah. that yeah. And, may and, have to be. And, and I can hear the disappointment in your voice because yeah. you're like, <laughs> I don't want to wait another year before applying to medical school. Like, I completely understand it. I get that feedback all the time. But applying to medical school, it's hard. It's expensive. Yeah. It's long. And in my mind, it's a waste of time and energy and money to apply with an application you already know has issues. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because my thing was, I was like, all right, I have all these extracurriculars. They'll be able to look past it if I get an interview. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're right. It's They're going to see that. First and foremost, the first question they're going to ask themselves is, are you academically capable of doing well in our medical school? And when you have a roller coaster GPA, they don't know. Who are they getting? Are you going to be a student who's going to do well first year and then fail out second year, need to repeat second year? They, they just won't know that. So get a longer track record without the ups and downs. Just, just have the ups. <laughs> only, only ups. That's all we, that's all we care about. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it doesn't have to be a perfect 4.0, uh, but it's close to a 4.0 as possible for yeah. for potentially another year before applying uh the following year okay okay my mind is like swirling with my options right now <laughs> um because my original plan like last spring i think i had like a crisis i was like all right when am i gonna have to take the mcat and stuff and i have um a mentor who's uh an m4 right now and we were like okay like what's going on with grades and stuff so she was like, yeah, maybe if you take the MCAT and you get between a 500 and a 510, 
maybe do early decision to a certain school or oh, something. That's horrible advice. That's so. horrible. <laughs> that, that, that advice basically is early decision is a way to get into a school with bad grades and bad stats. And that is a thousand percent what early decision is not about. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then that's a lot of information. <laughs> um, so my next question is after going through like the end of college and stuff, like no MCAT, no, um, focusing on applications. So I would take classes all of next year. Do you think if I have the good grades, like after like maybe like a full year of like, not, not like 30 credits or so, probably less than that. Um, do you think then it would be viable for me to apply or do you think I should just keep going with classes? Well, you'll have looking at it now, right? If, if we do delay your application again, it's 2021 as we're recording this, if we delay your application to 2023, you have, um, let's, let's not count this semester. Cause you said there's some ups and downs already this semester you have, uh, spring of 2022. And I'm excited. It took me forever to understand like school semesters, spring, summer, fall, all that. So I'm excited. <laughs> I can I can like talk about this now. Uh, it's, it's just random thoughts I have. Uh, so you have spring of 2022, mm -hmm. um, summer 2022. You said you're taking six credits there. Yeah. Fall 2022, spring 2023. So you still have four semesters worth of classes, including that that summer, smaller summer of potentially taking 10 or so credits. Well, you, you said you're taking 12 um, in the spring, yeah. in the spring of 2022. So you have you have 18 already kind of lined up. You potentially can have another 18 uh, or 20 or so in, in the two bigger uh, semesters left. Right. And, and that's usually not uh, tremendously hard um, course wise. Right. If you're taking 17 credits a semester, that's a lot of credits. Uh, mm -hmm. But if you take 12, that's not horrendous. Um, and so then you're looking at, let's say you take 12 each semester. That's 24 credits on top of the 18 is 34, 42 credits. Right. Um, that's a decent amount of credits that I would say go ahead and apply with. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot of information. Um, so I guess my other question is how do I like explain those dips? Cause I know last year it was yeah. definitely, you don't another mental health. You kit. don't. Yeah. You do. You don't. It's a very common question that I get is like, how do I explain my grades? You don't, you, you just, you, you don't, explain you prove that that was just that and now i i can do better when i i'm focused and and have all my faculties about or whatever right when life's not in the way um so i, I don't think you need to explain it there are some secondary prompts that will ask uh, about explaining grades less than a b minus or less than a c and so like your your chemistry where you got a D, you just you talk about what happened uh, or any other classes that kind of fit that criteria, you just talk about what happened. Um, it's not something you need to throw into a personal statement or anything else. I, I, would, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd be prepared to talk about it in an interview, 
And then at the end of the day, you just you tell the truth. Like I was overwhelmed because of this or I was struggling because of that, whatever. Okay. So even like my first semester with like that two eight, that still makes me cringe to this day. Um, literally you're, just tell them like I, I wasn't focused on school. That's you're not it. the, you're not the first person yeah. ever to go to college and not be prepared for college. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that doesn't have to go anywhere in my personal statement. My personal statement is just focused on why medical school. That's it. Why do you want to be a doctor? Okay. Yep. I, I talk about sometimes in, in my personal statement book about putting in red flag stuff. I don't think one semester at a 2.8 is a red flag to put in your personal statement. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I think, oh, here's another question. So I'm in a course, this is like a, a big segue, but I'm in a course right now that going into the semester, I had no idea I was going to be able to be certified as an EKG tech. So we're doing like all the information with, um, the national health career association. Um, and we're scheduled to take the, um, certification exam next month. So I'm on the fence on whether or not I want to take the exam because I feel like if I don't get a job with as an EKG tech, if I don't find one before I go to medical school, cause I'm, I usually focus on my EMT stuff when I'm home. Mm-hmm. If I have the certification on my resume and I don't do anything about it, does that look bad? Why do you have to put it on your resume? Mm, that is a good point. <laughs> you don't have so, to put it on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's a very common question. It, very, the most, the more common question is, should I put my EMT license as an activity on my application? And my question is, the license doesn't mean anything. What did you do with the yeah. license? That's the activity that actually matters. So if you have this kind of national certification as an EKG tech, like that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That, that's not a like, ooh, we should accept this student. They know how to place a, a 12 lead. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's considered clinical, right? So like if I do end up going through with it, like maybe doing EMT and like EKG stuff, like full time after I finish those credits next year. Yeah, that's clinical. Okay. Okay. Um, also, okay. Um, so I have probably at least 75 hours worth of in-person shadowing right now. Great. Um, does it matter to get more or like, are they going to care? Cause it's mostly with orthopedic surgery. Cause that's my main connection that I have. Mm. Um, should I, cause my mentor, she was like, yeah, maybe shadow a primary care physician to show that you're open to it. Even though that I don't really want to go into primary <laughs> care, but yeah. do you think I like should really focus on pursuing that? That, that type of stuff to me is, is less important. Um, what, what I generally think about is, okay, so you have 75 hours. Are you just going to stop shadowing? Like, and just 
not do it anymore? Probably not, just because I kind of need it to keep my head in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so that's that's a good way to think about it, right? To keep your head in it, because getting in and shadowing, it's like reminding yourself why you're putting yourself through all this torture. <laughs> yeah. um, there are some schools that will see that you've only shadowed ortho or whatever it is, and they're like, well, we focus on primary care, so you're, you're probably not a good fit here. Um, so if you can potentially try to get some now do you need to go get 75 more hours in primary care no but can you go get like a day uh, at some month in the next year um to go shadow primary care you can and you have connections to primary care it's called the orthopods the orthopods can connect you with primary care docs mm -hmm. okay um my other question to segue again <laughs> um so I have tried to get into a research lab so many times here. Like last, I think it was last spring. I like my anatomy TA, he had really interesting research going on. The professor basically ghosted me and him low key. Mm. Um, so there was that. And I have, I'm in like a public health class and I could potentially get into her lab next semester. Is the lack of research like, in my application, a red flag based on what I've told you. Research to me is one of the most overrated parts of an application for pre-meds when it, when it comes to pre-meds thinking about what makes a good application. There are, again, some schools will want to see research, but at, at the end of the day, research is there to show that you're inquisitive, that you're asking questions, that you, you want to challenge what's out there, right? And um, it's it's not to show that you know how to run, run mass spec or run PCR or whatever, right? Uh, that you know how to use a micro pipette. That's not what research is for. Um, research is there to show just your ability to to think and ask questions and and whatever, right? Um, some schools will want to see it and and may just flat out reject you if you don't have research on it. But that's few and far between. Um, if you have other things on your application that show that inquisitive side, great, right? You probably are okay. Now, if you are interested in getting into research, then sure, go go try to get into research. So does it really matter, like, what kind of research? Because the nope. my public health professor, we're doing, like, this community design with physical activity and stuff, and it's been really interesting to me. So I'm hoping I get into the lab, but... Um, yeah, that's research. I, I had a student a couple of years ago. She's, I think she's a fourth year now um, here at, at Colorado. She was a geologist. All of her research was studying rocks. It's yeah. research. Okay. Um. Do you suggest, because I do genuinely want to get into like science research and stuff and the hospital that the doctor that I usually shadow the orthopedic surgeon, he might have connections to like some of like the research labs over there. Mm -hmm. Do you think I should try pursuing that? Because it's like, I ha I'm going to be getting a BS in kinesiology. So not like full on biology. I might not have qualifications for certain techniques or whatever. Pursue what you're interested in. Okay. Period. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I think that's really it that I have okay. questions wise. Plus we have like three minutes. Yeah. But um, so I wanted to ask you, you your MCAT prep coming up. 
um, before uh, we hit record, you had mentioned potentially looking at Blueprint MCATs for, for MCAT <clears throat> prep. What, why are you looking into Blueprint? Um, well, A, I've heard very mixed reviews on Kaplan and the Princeton <laughs> Review, and some people just have flat out said, like, they hated it, and, like, they told me, like, why they hated it, and I was like... I don't know about that. Cause like, I know my learning style with like at least yeah. standardized testing at this point. Um, I mean, MCAT, not sure, but, um, so I like saw you posting about it everywhere and I just kind of followed like every account <laughs> just to get more information. Um, I had like a consultation with someone at blueprint and I really liked the idea of like the live that includes kind of like the recorded stuff and office hours yeah. Um, and like those live videos plus, um, just all, all of the stuff that you guys have put out for blueprint, it just seems very conducive to my learning style. Yeah. If that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Well, awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully it works out and you can use them and, and go crush the MCAT with them, but thanks for coming on and, and have, and having lots of awesome questions. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 